She's going. Don't worry. Do you want to kick on your music right when mine ends? Yeah. Do you have it ready to go? Yeah, just a sec. Yeah, I do have it ready to go. Let's do that. That way there's no awkwardness. All right. Except for us talking about it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what these shows are all about. Well, mine anyway. Yeah. Not, yours, uh, I know you're not slick, but I try to be even less slick. I'm going to out-not slick you. <laughs> oh, let me get let me get on uh, Ready Mysterioso uh, website and uh, on the, in the chat room here so people can, can interact. All right, here it goes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio with your host Tim Banal. Come on, there we go. Oh, you probably no, can't hear the- it. The whole extraterrestrial thing is not uh, not a viable solution to this. We we need to go through a turning point in the study of of this whole domain, away from ideology. We're not here to prove that we're being visited by aliens from this planet or that star. That may very well be true, but we have not done the basic work. I have this hunch that the, um, that this that this phenomenon is um, comes from, comes from some sort of domain of pure information, and the fact that it can interact with us at all suggests that uh, that we inhabit a domain that's also pure information. Are we uh, go conditioned here? Yes. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. Just enough time for me to go and pick up some um, something to drink during the show, which is tea. Can you hear me? No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules. In the day, folks, no comparison. But tonight, of course, is a comparison because it's simulcast. Uh, I was thinking this is our third simulcast now, so maybe we're getting better at it. I think so. Yeah, I didn't even realize that we'd uh, done one last year until you said we've been doing them for – I've been doing them on your show for what? Did you say 10 years? 
Ten years, yeah. I was telling Greg tonight, we were talking before the show, uh, I thought we had started the year in review at the end of 2008, but then I looked and I had done a show with Greg in February of 2008, where we did a year in review for uh, 20, 2007. So we've did, this is our 10th year uh, doing years in review, which is kind of weird. 10th anniversary special. Yes, yeah. It's the 10th anniversary. It's crazy. It's, uh, yeah. I enjoy the, I, I do enjoy the year in review, though. So it's it's cool. Uh, for folks who don't know, we're doing this two nights. So we're doing a Tuesday night show, too. So here's here's what I noticed, um, which, like, blew my mind. And it was on the phone with you, so you know I'm not bullshitting. Um, so I was looking up when you first appeared. Uh, I guess part, just to explain a little bit, part of the reason I wanted to do the two nights is because uh, I didn't know this was the 10th anniversary, but I knew we'd been doing this for a long time, and this is the final season of Been All of America, and we're almost certainly going to keep doing the year in reviews, but it's like, well, I want to do something special here. Greg has the record for most appearances on the show. I didn't get a chance to count them up yet, but I'll, I'll know by Tuesday night. So I, I want, as I said to Greg uh, when I was trying to put this together, it's like I wanted to do something epic here to celebrate all the years of uh, of fun we've had while Been All of America, because I don't know what the hell kind of permutation is going to uh, afflict the program going forward So once the season ends. So that's why we're doing the two nights. But what blew me away when I was on the phone with Greg was uh, I went to look to see when I first had him on the show, and I'm not like a crazy synchronicity guy, but this one was kind of weird. Um, it says, in an interview session which spans two days, uh, the 23rd and the 24th, so we, we uh, 2005, so so almost, so 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 what, what is that, 12, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you, fir- you first yeah. appeared on the show over a span of two days. So it's like, you know, we're, we're ending the thing on a two on a two day thing, and I had no idea. I just I just found that out while I was on the phone with you earlier tonight. Two two days. That's how long. Oh, because you um, took two days to um, to broadcast it all, or you, you chopped it up into two days because we talked about. So it was a Project Beta interview. Right, right. But we actually taped it on two different days. Oh, okay, okay. It seems yeah, to be uh, August twenty third and August twenty fourth. So it's a pattern. I think uh, I think we must have finished the finished the show and then that we were like run out of time or whatever and was like let's do this, let's finish this or whatever. Yeah, you um, and you mentioned that. Uh, well, uh, I've known Tim since then. Um, we've known each other a little bit better since then to the point where um, I took Tim's job on uh, Coast to Coast. Yeah, not in a mean way. <laughs> No, no, no. He he's, he he got kicked upstairs, and he offered it to me. I think people kind of know this, but we don't. Neither of us talk about it very much. Yeah, yeah. There's no point in really talking about it. But but I guess for the <laughs> sake of the show, just to explain to people, because uh, right. it's going to be kind of a, kind of an exhaustive year in review. Because I I do all the uh, daily articles for Coast to Coast. I'm uh, the news editor, so I write all these articles, and I've been doing. The year here, you know, obviously I've been writing articles all year, so, and I just did a crazy sort of year in review wrap-up over the last couple of weeks, which is just Tim going through all it. the stories. We, yeah. we just dabble. Tim lives it. Yeah, yeah, so I so I have like a, I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess you could say I have an intimate knowledge of the craziest stories of the year, because I cover them as they're happening, and uh, so, you know, when I was putting together the list, I was dropping shit on, on Greg, who was like, we gotta talk about Amelia Earhart, I don't know if you're... <laughs> So, so you know, there were happenings in the Amelia Earhart world this year. I don't know if you remember that or not. 
Yeah, well, it's every few years somebody says they either found something or they see her in a picture. I think that's all of those have happened more than once. Oh yeah, yeah. But this one was particularly uh, particularly crazy. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll get into that. We have a scorecard. Uh, okay, you want you want to go so. by scorecard? I was just going to dive I, right into that one. But uh. <laughs> oh wait, that eh, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that. Throw people off. It, is, yeah. it shouldn't be in order. So, yeah. Well, the crazy thing about the Amelia Earhart story that happened in June was uh, the what makes it noteworthy, I guess, because you're right. This sort of thing happens all the time, um, was that they built like a huge History Channel special around this photo that uh, purportedly showed her and the guy, Fred Newton, in captivity. Yeah, um, standing on a dock was, or something in the background of some picture. Yes, yes. And it was like an event. You know, it was an event type thing. And uh, it got huge coverage right after July 4th. So it was like, it was like July 5th. And uh, it went like everywhere. And it was like, is the Amelia Earhart case solved? And then uh, within like two, it was a total, uh, it was like total alien slide thing. You know, within two days, uh, someone had found the picture and it was like, it was from a different place. And I couldn't, I think it was from the island, but it was from a different time frame or something. Yeah, well, it could have possibly it been be. them. It's this weird thing where, it, with the advent of the internet, skepticism is, has um, taken a huge leap, and like where somebody can not only challenge something immediately, they can find the information almost immediately. Um, they did that with the Chilean UFO video, which we talked about. Well, we were going to talk about it, and then we realized that it had happened right before our last year in review. So we did it on the year in review last year, yeah. Yeah, but the point was, just like the Roswell Slides thing, as soon as the information is available to everybody, it's, in a lot of cases, easily checkable. So it's funny because people are getting more and more insane, but also the fact that you can check on this insanity, no matter you know, no matter what it is, is also kind of strange, too. It's, it's uh, I think it's good. It's good to have that balance. It's just that the, the craziness wins out because people like craziness. Yeah, well, it's remarkable to me in a sense where it's like it says something, I think, about um, about these mysteries or whatever. Because it's like, in a lot these people, and it, it happened with the Chilean UFO thing, too, so it connects to that in a sense. Because it's like these pe- people, uh, the Chilean UFO, the alien slide, the Amelia Earhart photo, it was like, the people who get this stuff... And I, I understand why, but it's still frustrating, and there's good examples, you know, where it's like they get the stuff... They think is the breakthrough, and instead of like vetting it, just just dropping it out there and being like, "Hey, everyone, look at this. See what the fuck you think it is." They they sort of like build it up and and make a big like and 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 release it having concluded already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Before yeah, because it's you know it's all about the likes and the hits and all that, and so. Hey, there's a lot of um, paranormal news sites that do this. They just they get real excited about something they posted, and unless somebody kind of picks up it and says, "Oh, wait a second here," it continues to spread the the myth or whatever you want to call it of the story continues to spread. And even if there it is debunked or whatever you want to call it explained, people are waiting for the next one. And then you know there's this there's this actually not a subset, but there's kind of a, a majority of people that are into it. As soon as you explain it, they get mad at you. And I don't. <laughs> I guess I understand that, but I also don't understand if you, like Bill Moore said in the 1989 speech, are you really interested in finding out what the truth is about this, or you just want to, he didn't say this, but uh, you know, just you just want it to be a circle jerk forever. If, if you want to do that, then why do you bother? Why do you bother everybody else with this if you can't look at this 
objectively at least once in a while. Actually, once in a while, all the time. Right. Well, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's frustrating and odd where it's like, just release the stuff. I, I get what you're saying. It's like for hits and stuff. I, I get that. And like for the people with the Amelia Earhart thing, it was like they had a whole TV show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Like that and was they huge. didn't bother to check. That's that's another thing. You, you, you know about TV shows and movies. They will have guests on to talk about stuff, but oh, don't don't equivocate and don't be skeptical about it because then you can't be on the show. Yeah, I have been on shows where they say, you know, okay, we're going to have you talk about this thing, and and what's your opinion? I said, well, it may or may not be this. What do you mean it may or may not be? I said, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. I may never be sure, but um, it looks like this. It it could be a load of crap, but there's other things about it that aren't. Well, you can't do that. You can't equivocate on the show like that because people won't understand. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say something I don't believe just to make it sound good on the show. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. And they move on to the next person that's alien astronaut theorist, you know. Believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the, the belief yeah. must not be um, uh, countermanded or whatever the hell it is. You, you can't question the belief in a lot of ways. And I'm all about questioning beliefs. Mine, everybody else's, skeptics, believers, everybody. So... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, then, the to follow through the story, yeah. So then they the guy found the thing and he debunked the picture, and then it was just like it was sad in a sense for me, just uh, just because it was like then everybody fucking laughed at, you know, it turned it into a huge joke. You know, it was like ha ha, and it's like you never want to be on the receiving end of the ha ha. Um, you know, at least if you're into these mysteries and stuff. Well, like, that's oh, yeah. Dick. You yeah. know, like why didn't you why didn't you vet this thing, guys? Like what the fuck? And I guess History Channel, they were like, we're we're this is this is startling. We're gonna look into this, and then like never said anything else about it, as far as I can tell. Oh, they don't so. care that they can go on, and whoever is associated with the show, it's just a show. They don't care about that. But the people associated right. with it, the people whose opinions they took and all that, they've got to bear the brunt of it. Um, I mean, it's kind of a chicken shit thing I do, I guess, but the, but I can't, I don't go whole hog on anything really in the paranormal because invariably either you're not going to find out what it is or somebody's going to say, did you even look into this? This is why I listen to skeptics and skeptical groups and all that. I want to see if they have a point. And sometimes they have a really good point. Ari, you know, um, the Chilean UFO video and the Roswell slides and to some extent the um, Aguadilla Puerto, Puerto Rico video. And now I'm just seeing some skeptical stuff come up about the uh, Nimitz video, the Tic Tac video, I think. Yeah, we should talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that shit, too. And it's kind of adds like a, an unneeded, like, eight, eighth layer to this long disclosure <laughs> story. Yeah. No one, yeah, we have enough shit to talk about with that. Yeah, which is why I haven't talked yeah. about it on my show, really, because everybody else is talking about it. Yeah, it was the big, uh, I'd say it was the biggest story of the year, but it's like... Yeah. It's too, we were joking about it, uh, or laughing or talking or whatever, uh, you and I, when we were setting this up, where it was like, you know, this is, we, we talked about, we were setting this up like before Christmas, I think. So it was like, it had just happened. It was right. like, shit, everyone's talking about this. We're going to be completely out to lunch coming out in early January with this stuff. But it's like, at least now we have the perspective of, uh, of some time to catch our breath a little bit from it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I was on a show the day after the news conference. I was like, blah, 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 you know, what's your opinion? Like, uh, it was with Soraya. And I really didn't yeah. have much to say, and I ended up repeating myself because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, squeeze an hour out of what I was thinking about it yet. But, yeah, now there's been some time, some reflection, and um, 
I guess people are waiting. Let's steer clear of it for now because it'll just take over the conversation. Exactly what we don't want it to do, you know, so. Yeah, we'll pivot now away from that. We'll tease. It's a tease. Yeah. We're like, uh, oh, shit, they're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yet, it happens. It, yeah, it happens. So I'll just say this before we get into it or, you know, we'll push that off to later. But yeah, it, it uh, it. It happened too late in the year for us. It's it, it's all still speculative, you know what I mean? So it's like, forget all that, you know. We can't really uh, <laughs> we, we we don't know exactly whether it's a it's a it's a bombshell, a bust, or or a breakthrough. You know? Yeah, we don't know yet. We're waiting for waiting for the next act. Beginning of the year was the um, the Mufon uh, John Ventry um, scandal, which might have killed Mufon. Yeah, this was a bad year for MoveOn. Yeah, this yeah. was a bad, very bad year for MoveOn. Um, I mean, I just don't even know what to say because, uh, yeah, it was a doubly bad year because um, without getting into the DeLong thing, that was a second a second body blow to the organization at the end of the year. Yeah, to and, make them uh, even they, less relevant in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, because it was like first they had a high-profile – Incident of racism for folks who are who are listening to this like in the future. <laughs> yeah. May four you know? on, on May fourteenth, I think the first person that made a big stink about it as uh, as uh, and I had him on my show about uh, a, a couple of weeks later. This is still up the Roddy Mysterioso site. On May fourteenth, Lon Stickler from Phantoms Monsters Phantoms and Monsters posted a screen grab of um, John Ventry's uh, uh, racist comment. Which I am. You can find it if you look. I'm not going to give anybody. Uh, I'm not going to give anybody that would agree with him the satisfaction of reading on the air. But it was. It was like. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was absolutely zero doubt that it was a completely racist thing. And the, yeah, it's a very touchy subject. He, yeah, the whole thing makes me uncomfortable to be honest. But it's like, yeah, he he said some some seriously racially charged shit that was offensive. Um, yeah, to, I'd say Throwing like most the, people, most yeah. thinking people. Throwing <laughs> the. Like, Run by a bunch of old white guys uh, thing uh, about MUFON and ufology in general into sharp relief. Exactly, and then MUFON issued a statement that like equated the people who were offended with uh, with him and saying sort of like it, it was it was they, ironic in yeah. a sense. I hesitate to get into politics, but the whole thing like with Charlottesville was it mirrored the Charlottesville thing before Charlottesville happened because MUFON was like there are bad people on both sides. Essentially, like essentially, yeah. what, what, what Trump said that everybody got, so it was amazingly prescient. It was like, wow, this, I saw this happen with MUFON like two months ago. What is going on? But that was their attitude. There's yeah. bad people on both sides. Yeah, the uh, the response from uh, Jan Harzan, the director of MUFON, said something like to the effect of who is worse the hater or the person doing the hating it's like what? yeah you mean people that point out this guy's a racist piece of shit is are just as bad as him what kind of a reaction is that what kind of a public reaction is that is that yeah i went on they have they took that whole page down where uh, john harzan's thing within about 3 or 4 days because about 100 people um Ryan Sprague and and Robbie and and uh, I think Nick Nick quit his uh, position at the MUFON Journal over it. Um, yeah, and me and a few other people just basically said, "Are you are you insane? What is wrong with you?" Um, and they they didn't you know I don't even think Harzan responded to. It. They just took the whole thing down. That's how that's how ridiculous and badly handled it all was. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever like 
I don't think he's spoken to that. I think he's been on a few shows, but I haven't heard. No, he deflects uh, him, it. Him address that. Yeah, he was yeah. on um, uh, Kevin Randall's show, I think, within a month or so. And as far as I remember, he just deflected everything. He just would not. He wouldn't defend Hart. I mean, uh, Ventry, but he wouldn't. Def- you know, he he just kept trying to uh, steer the conversation away from it. Instead of just saying, look, I screwed up, I'm an idiot, you know, he gave us a lot of money, we were in a tight spot, yeah, it was a bad decision, you know, please don't judge MUFON on that. It's like, that's all he had to do, and he didn't do it. See, I didn't hear the show, so I can't say, like, uh, I can't critique Kevin Randall, but I would would just take the words that he said and throw them back at him and be like, what exactly did you mean? (laughs) You know? Well, and then um, pe- this was right before Roswell, and pe- people started um, quitting in droves. Yeah, um, lots of, especially state directors, because they, you know, it was kind of the it's kind of the last straw. James Clarkson, who I had on my show, he was the state director for Washington State for many years. Yeah, I read years. his blog. He wrote a blog post. This yeah, he week just wrote a big it. long thing about it, and it was great. I read that. Yeah, yeah, and um, he said that um, at we were talking a little bit about MUFON and some other things. In Roswell, at a dinner, Peter Robbins um, uh, invited us to a dinner, and I had—I didn't realize I had met Clarkson before, but I had. I found a picture of us sitting right next to each other. I didn't realize this was going on, but he said that uh, during that, I saw his arms like moving like back and forth very purposely, like he was bending something under the table. It turned out he was bending his MUFON director's card or whatever, his membership card, into little, into, over and over again, his plastic card, till it broke into pieces, and he threw it in the trash as he left the restaurant. Wow. This guy's life's like a movie. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. And, you know, <laughs> and it's I'm pretty much on board with you know everything he said there. He's I asked him what his ultimate goal was. And he goes, I want to meet an alien. Who doesn't? So so he, I told him to yeah. get in contact with Jeff Ritzman. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's everybody's thing- splitting off and doing their own thing. I think they are. Some of them are. What I feel bad about is the people that are still with MUFON, and that's the only outlet they have for their interest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. For all the shit that I that I and others gave DeLong about how it's a money venture, and I still think it is kind of a money venture. Uh, it's like if I – let me put it this way. If I won the lottery tomorrow and I had like $500 million, I'd, one of the first things I'd do is just be like – I would call every MUFON state director and be like, Okay, why don't you come work for my organization? I'll pay you like twenty grand a year. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> As opposed to doing this shit for free for a, a group that doesn't respect you, or you know, or 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 anything else. You know, they have to pay the same price as everybody else to go to that symposium thing. It's like they should be comped. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Like that's just basic human decency. So. Anyway, I, we we could talk this thing in in, in the ground. I, I am all Tim and I are both I think answering uh, messages and and uh, chat rooms and stuff while we're while doing the show. So I'll, I'll try to stay on point here. But anyway, the bastion um, of the yeah, we're, we're it's the bastion of the uh, of of the uh, simulcast. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's the it, it's. I don't see what move on was irrelevant before. Now it's just like. I mean, this was the most most anyone's talked about MUFON in in years, anyway. As crazy as it sounds, so yeah. Who would have thought it would have been brought down by some racist asshole blathering online? You know. Well, now that you put it that way, it seems perfectly 
reasonable. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those yeah, one of those things that in hindsight you're like, yeah, well, of course, but you know that to me it was a real left field moment for me. I was like, wow. I mean, I've been I've been saying get in 2008 or 9, I gave a talk and I said get rid of all the large UFO groups and people walked out of the sh- out of the talk. They were so pissed yeah. off. Not to say that oh, I know it, but that was my idea then. It's like, look, they're not doing any good. They're just recycling the same thing. Um, it's a way for people to get their to get their UFO porno fix in a more you know direct way, uh, for the most part. And then part from, apart from that, all they seem to be doing is gathering data, which is fine. But as um, Valet pointed out recently in the in this last year, actually during the uh, uh, contact in the desert, that it's the old adage of garbage in, garbage out. If you have three or four or five or ten different organizations or sources or whatever collecting information with their biases, how are you going to make a, a working database that does anything, really, except for that just gives you statistics? You can't make comparisons. You can't do anything because the data was gathered in a way that is not consistent. Or if it is consistent, it's only consistent for one organization, one culture, one mindset. Like, you know, what if there was a MUFON in what? In Pakistan. You can't integrate their data with the data from MUFON here. You can't. It's just that people see things differently. They report things differently. They're tabulated differently. Everything is called something Except different. For like the, time of day. Time of day. Language is different. <laughs> yeah, time of day and colors or something maybe. But, the, you know, even colors might be, you know, culturally. Yeah, colors might even. Yeah, culturally yeah. Um, uh, specific. So I don't even know if the, the, the day of data collection is, I think that might have had its, uh, is, you know, has seen its end too maybe. And it's, it At seems least on that, yeah. It seems yeah, more yeah, like people so. should be gathering subjective impressions and letting the people talk, no matter what they say. So he, the, the point is that even as a data gathering organization, I don't really think it's really worth anything anymore. And they've proved it by having these secret space program doofuses uh, starring on the uh, at the MUFON conference this year. I don't know what they're going to do next year for a follow up to that. And they oh, said it was the be best disclosure, it... dude. It's going to be. It's going oh, to be all this, that's right. All this yeah, story. Yeah. They're going to jump on that bandwagon, and who knows what's going to happen by then? You know, maybe they can. Maybe they reintegrate themselves into the, into the, uh, into the myth. I don't know. Well, you, you know. I, I hope uh, not. No, no. Well, we'll see what happens. It's it's a it it it's good for like two people, uh, people like who are into this stuff and don't want to. Like, let's say you don't want to go on a ghost hunt, dude, but you're only interested in, in UFOs. It's like, what are you really going to do uh, if you want to actually do something? It's like if you want to actually investigate cases, it's good for people like that. You know what I mean? Some guy in Tennessee who's really into UFOs and it's like, wish I could do something. You know, it's good for like folks like that. And, and it's good for the people that see things because they have someone to talk to. But as far as like the organizational structure of it all is like, I wish they that, didn't have MUFON to talk to. <laughs> well, it's, that's, yeah, you know, who else are they going to talk to? That's the point. They have no one else to talk to about this. Well, I don't know. So. Uh, Davenport, uh, Peter Davenport, the UFO Reporting Center, I guess they can call into him. But the point is that um, I think when people have an experience at this point – I think there's a lot less people, including press people and even even academia and people like that, that will laugh at them. The thing is that the the next step is, like I said, to talk to people on a personal level and let them tell you what happened to them while making sure they're not apparently not too insane. That's kind of hard to tell. You have to be somebody that's been into it for a while. 
Um, Clarkson yeah. is actually trying to start his own organization, which is following some of these uh, uh, these protocols. And I would really love to have him on when he gets it going to tell me about what he's doing and how his small group, which I think they should be small, is uh, dealing with the subject. Because if you've got a hundred small groups dealing, or a thousand small groups, all dealing with an aspect of the phenomenon, I think you can come at it from a way that emulates the phenomenon, which is why I have that t-shirt that says, uh, mimic the obliqueness of the subject. You know, yeah. um, Don't say it's all one thing, because it's not all one thing. It's really obvious that it isn't. Yeah. Well, it's like, what's the goal of the organization? To just collect data? Um, right now, the goal of MUFON, according to Clarkson and a few other people, is basically to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that about MUFON. Yeah. But, I mean, what's the public thing? Just to collect data, I guess. You know. Yeah, They're I guess just... collect data, and they say, for the benefit of mankind. It's like, no, it isn't. It's for the benefit of your board of directors. It's just a huge, yeah. Part of me, I'm not one of those people that's, like, conspiratorial too much, uh, but... <clears throat> part of me do, does suspect like some element of conspiracy just in the sense that it's like so poorly run like how else would <laughs> how else can you explain how poorly run it is you know what I mean mm, I wouldn't put past uh, what incompetence that you could put down you know I, I wouldn't call something conspiratorial that you could only also put down to incompetence or you know a heavy belief system or whatever however um, if you want to talk about that and uh, not to get back to uh, to the Stars Academy and Bigelow, but Bigelow was paying MUFON for a while and, and vacuuming up all their data. And essentially that was going to the government, whatever you think of you know government conspiracies or whatever. People like um, Erica Lukes were telling me that a while back. She goes, I don't I think you know I think some of that information is going um, places we don't know and that uh, we don't have access to, which is not what should be happening with MUFON. And she wasn't the only one. Other people were saying this, too. And I was like, nah, nah, you know, don't be so. And as it turns out, at least during the Bigelow tenure, yes, it was. 2007 yeah, it was going or to 11 to 13 or 9 to 11 or whatever it was. And God only knows what kind of access. He could have gotten access to all the previous files, years worth of stuff. We don't have any idea. Uh-oh, what did Erica just send me? Uh-oh. Tell Erica Lukes we're doing a live show here. I did. I did. She just sent me a, um, I pay the director's message from Jan Harzan on the, in the MUFON journal. Oh, it looks like he's, he is a, he, he is addressing the, uh, the DeLong thing, the story in the New York times and, uh, cautioning that, um, what, what is being said? Intelligence minds must wonder what is really going on behind the scenes, and this was one of the reasons for the theme of our 2017 MUFON symposium, the case for a secret space program. I am not going to read any more of that because it's it's. Yeah, God bless him. That's a great way to sl- sneak a plug in. That was good. He yeah. got us. He snuck a plug in on the on the year in review show. <laughs> He's. I don't even know. They're if they if, if they they should be on their hands and knees, hat in hand, asking Tom DeLonge to buy their <laughs> organization. They're like, hey, can we just get some more of that funding that you guys, you guys were giving to giving to Bob Bigelow? Like, we'll sell out. I don't yeah. know what else, you know. Like I said, if if, if I was if I was What is it going to like take I, to make you go away forever? <laughs> right. Like, this guy, uh, I don't have his name, but the guy who left uh, Bufo and he's forming his own thing. It's like if I was him, I'd be just be on the phone with every one of those state directors, being like, "Jump ship, come to come to this group, and we'll you know, 
we'll start over on our own. Yeah. But I don't it, it takes a it, and you'll and you'll get I mean, a, you'll get a desk on. with a with a with a little plaque and and a, and a badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I met some guy that like was a I don't know if he was the director or he was like a part of Move. It definitely a, a, a an official, let's say. Yep. With Mufon in like Nebraska or something. He seemed like a great guy, but it was like it was it, everything's on such a local level. Like I said, it's like it's for people in 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 Indiana or whatever that wanna that want to investigate UFOs. Yeah, and, and in now, a hands-on way, I guess. Yeah, now they, they have now they can't do it really unless they form their own groups, please. And if you don't, too bad. I'm I'm almost thinking too bad because the small groups are the ones that are gonna they're gonna push this thing forward because they don't have a they don't have a big, um, you know, what they don't have a big uh, structure there telling them what to do. The other cool thing about a small group, which I think is is would be great, is if when the small group is done with its purpose, disband. Which is going to be really hard for people to do. I think that's a really Oops. another good part of what should be done with a UFO study is uh, study something very intently for a while, disband the group, and then um, maybe reform at some other point and with different people and go on doing something else. That's exactly what UFOs do. So why not do the same thing? It seems completely disorganized, but I think that disorganization is going at it with a with a right brain instead of a left brain. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's they will never disband though, because like they only disband when they um, run out of money. Yeah, people love joining up with stuff and waving banners and wearing the same hats and all that. And it's like, oh god, that's just what the UFO wants you to do. And anybody yeah, else is trying not, to keep you from learning anything. Yeah, and it's not like the people at Move On are having some kind of crisis of conscience where they're like. You know, <laughs> Oh God! What have we done? <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're not. So we can cross that off the list. So yeah. they're just like they're probably they're actually it's probably like what's your, what's your problem, man? <laughs> like why do you keep bringing that thing up? Why are you such haters? You know who's who's worse, us or you guys that are doing the hating? <laughs> I want to like move on, but it's too it's so old school too that it's it's just like it's it's. I like it's the like people. retro. It's yeah. like retro. Yeah, I like so the people. Funny. I just don't like the the what's done to them or and with them and with all their effort and all their wishes and hopes and 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 money for Christ's sake. Yeah, and it's like they don't learn anything from the conspirators. It's they should have they should have like made Stan Friedman move on president since he does all the media appearances like you know, no one knows who the MUFON president is. And ostensibly, the president is supposed to be some kind of figurehead in conspiracy world. So it's like, put put like a Rich Dolan in as the MUFON director. So at least then when they're on TV and shit, and they can send someone who is ready to go on TV instead of the guy who was on Daily Show and they made a huge joke out of. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Who was that? The previous guy. Whoever, whoever. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can't remember who it was either. But yeah, they the guy just walked into a trap. As I remember, he was too sincere and maybe not like you know he's not Hollywood hip where you know somebody's messing with you. you yeah, know? I mean I don't know the circumstances necessarily of the interview in the sense where it's like did he know he was going on the Daily Show or not? But at the same time, it's like yeah, you don't see you need somebody who's a little more who's a lot more media savvy than that. Certainly not uh, the guy they have now either. So, 
that's why like these these groups have like celebrities sort of as their heads and stuff. You know, I thought I thought Dan Aykroyd was like an honorary guy. Like he should, I guess he, he's I guess he doesn't want to go around doing UFO interviews and stuff. But uh, you know, they need somebody like that. That might be something. At least he's um, he knows how to be articulate in front of cameras at, at a drop of a hat. Yeah. Right, Charlton Heston. That's what Jim Laddick is saying. Yeah, like a Charlton Heston uh, was with the uh, NRA. You need uh, somebody. Oh, right, with, right, with, right. With move on. And but the thing is with with um, Ackroyd, uh, maybe I could cut out or something. But it's like uh, he's he's like an honorary like board of director or something like that. But uh, clearly he's not a you know he's not doing anything for them. <laughs> he, he's not doing a whole bunch of interviews like advocating for UFOs. So you need someone who does that too. Yeah, they they need a spokesman. Although I am loath to suggest how, how to save Mufon, I think it should just die a, a die a, a continue dying the painful death that began at the beginning of this year. And I'm and like I said, I'm so sorry for all the people who put in all the time and all that, but it's just it's unsavable. It's not. It does nothing to solve any problems. It perpetuates itself. Like like Clarkson said, like a like a company that just produces. They had a founder that wanted to produce these beautiful widgets that he'd uh, invented. It's like this widget will save everybody, and it's a great product. And here I'm going to sell it to you. And you know, isn't it cool that we have this little this little product that'll help you out at home? And and then thirty, forty, fifty years later, that guy has died, and all it is is a bunch of people that are trying to keep their jobs by letting a bunch of, you know, by making a bunch of people believe that they still need this damn thing that bears no resemblance to what it was in the first place. And it's probably right. useless at this point anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, there's no point. In, I guess I'm a fixer. <laughs> I'm a fixer. I, I don't want to just rip on move on where it's like, all right, here's how you guys can fix your problem. I don't know why. Like I said, I don't know why they're so poorly run. I look at them and I'm just like, geez. You know? uh, well, they're poorly run because they're – their mission statement is the 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 sub the subtext mission statement is let's just make money and keep keep the thing going. We don't really. There might be somewhere in there one or two of them have this idea that maybe they want to figure out what the UFO thing is, and they're pretty sure it's aliens. And they want us all to know that. Um, right, right. Which is I think is is starting off with a from a bad premise in the first place. But as you say, there's a lot better ways to go about it. Their time has passed. The time of the big UFO groups has passed, and and they should. I, I really think they should because there's no reason to have them anymore. There's no reason to have a top-down UFO or paranormal group anymore. Yeah, well, it's funny in a sense too because it's like we we also are seeing the rise of these uh, smaller groups in ghost hunting and Bigfoot stuff. So right. it's, it's it's like there's no national. I guess that I think there is like a national sort of the taps thing from the original Ghost Hunters show, but I don't know how. I think that's like they get you can get an endorsement somehow for them or something like that. It's not necessarily like they're all pouring their data together and shit. Yeah. Well, if yeah, if there's anything, it should be kind of a you know a loose confederation where you know there's an umbrella that says you know we're part of this thing, but there's no central authority telling people what to do. But we arrange conferences, funding as much as we can. Um, that's the other thing people are saying that you know how can you run any organization without funding? Well, you can't, but one, if people are passionate enough, people that'll join say, look, we're doing this project. We all need like a hundred bucks from you or 500 bucks from you. And this is exactly what you do. We're going to do. You're all going to be involved. And this is, you know, this is our goal, whether it comes to something or not. I hope you realize there's that risk. And then yeah. on top of that, if it's a good enough thing, goddamn, put it on, you know, put it on um, Kickstarter or something. 
There's plenty of people with great ideas that have done Kickstarter campaigns and done really well. And the thing is, when the Kickstarter campaign's done and you do your study, that's even more of an incentive to break up after you're done. Uh, which I think I I hate to say it. I know, but I I hate to say (laughs) it, but I think it's really important to disband the group when you finish your project. You can form it under another thing, I guess, and have another goal. But um, if you keep going for years under the same thing, it just starts turning. It starts feeding on itself and eating itself and and listening to its own BS. That's why we're in our final season, man. Yeah, I well, uh, th- I don't know. We're, we're not groups. We're we're completely independent, one person deals, and uh, I can contradict myself, and I really don't care. Uh, yeah. In fact, I like it when I contradict myself, as long as I have a good reason for contradicting myself. But uh, yeah, that we're not organizations. We're just you know we're, we're just individual people. Maybe individuals are you know individuals can do just as much good work. The only problem is that you don't have a check on your if you got BS walking in or saying something that you shouldn't or whatever it's good to have at least one or two or whatever other people to say oh let's think about this for a second i've been in groups um of a small group of people we've done a a paranormal project then stopped it and they work out really well and i think they're helpful and I've, i've had good results um reported to me from people that have been in small groups and their projects i i think it's great ah i don't work well with others (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I do it's long, as long as it's um small and kind of self-selected either by me or somebody yeah. I, or you know somebody I trust says do you want to you know, help me out with this and I'll do it. Well, should we pivot off move on cuz uh Yeah, we can go on with I could rant about this for hours and I'll be repeating yeah, myself we could do a whole show on each of these topics. That's the crazy part. Yeah. Um that's why we move so, on. Exactly. Crime and, um, crime and punishment. So the one that, go ahead. What's that? Crime and punishment? What do you want to do next? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, because I have it, I, I have um, personal experience with some of this. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I thought it was interesting that there were three major, uh, like, uh, court proceedings this year with Sean David Morton, um, Stan Romanek, and Alex Jones. Uh, but, I, I mean, the Alex Jones one was more – we can kind of save that for later – because I feel like he's part of like this conspiracy uh, thread that we might want to pull on later. But uh, he was involved in a custody hearing, and now that that whole thing where his lawyer was like uh, that he's a performer, and that made like big news. Right. Um, but again, we can get to that later with conspiracy. The two other ones were like criminal trials um, with Sean David Morton, who and they both got nailed uh, to the wall. Yeah, yeah, both guilty. Um, you can clear up the charges specifically, but the, the gist of the Sean David Morton story is um, that he finally had to face uh, justice for some of these financial crimes. Because it had it, it, been going on for a while, the, uh, at least the, them trying to nail him with something. I remember like the SEC or something came down on him like five years or so before yes. uh, the events of the past year. But anyway, he finally had to deal with all that. And... Uh, and he was found guilty, and then he went on the run in an amazing, like, like what I'm sure was an, an amazing six-week adventure, and um, then got caught and went went to jail. And then Stan Romanek uh, was found guilty of some kind of, like, bad pornography, uh, child pornography or something. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but he I know had, that for He sure. had child pornography on his computer. Um, I think they were trying to convict him of, uh, one, possession, and two, distributing 
And I think he, right, got, exactly. he, he got convicted of the um, possession, but not the distributing. Um, and and that's his, exactly what it was. Yeah, his yep. argument was that that wasn't his computer or that he didn't he never put that stuff on there. And that was put there by people that were trying to discredit him and a bunch of other BS. that just doesn't fly. Even if it if it was true, it looks really stupid anyway, because the people that are guilty as hell say the same thing. Right. So that's, those were the two big uh, court cases. The Sean, so you went to the Sean David Morton. So you were in attendance for one of the, uh, one I of went, the events, right? Or two? Both. Two, refresh my memory on all this. Um, right before Paramania in Los Angeles, uh, the Sean David Morton, in fact, the first day of Paramania, the last day of the trial was going on. We could have made a Paramania outing out of it, but I couldn't get enough people to go down there. We're in a circus, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the first, I think I went to the second day or something like that i think it was the trial was very short it was like three or four days considering yeah. the amount of charges they were up against it was got him and his wife were both charged um it was amazing that it went that was as short as it was and i think yeah. the reason it was as short as it was is because the judge you know the, the jury thought morton was crazy i could see this because when he got you know during a recess um, you know, they were going to call some witness, but he was in the bathroom. They said, "Oh, let's take a recess." And I, you know, I happened to be there before. I was only there for like an hour and a half um, for an all-day trial. Um, but when after Morton got up and went out in the hallway, um, and the judge took off and all that, you know, I went outside to make a couple phone calls, and I come back in. And I see the jury filing back in, and they're all looking at each other with these looks on their faces, like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" I could see them like shaking, like shrugging their shoulders and looking at each other and shaking their heads going, what is going on here? So the fact that he, and th this is because Morton decided to defend himself, which is one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. Right, right. I don't know anybody that's actually won a trial where they've defended themselves. It might have happened in the history of, you know. Of, of, I'm of, sure it's happened at some point. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, Western jurisprudence, but I don't know if, you know. If it's a real smart thing to do at all, but he thought he could do it, and basically he said a lot of irrelevant things, really pissed people off, kept pissing the judge off, kept confusing the jury, um, all the wrong things that you, you know, all the things you shouldn't do when you're trying to make a point that you're innocent. Um, right, 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 right. And he brought in a lot of technicalities uh, that made no sense, that wouldn't have helped his case anyway. And the judge was like, come on, get on with it, Mr. Morton. This, this is, this is, you're not even addressing what's going on here. I mean, that was, he was trying to be nice. Really? The, right. His, his, what was his name? Stephen Smith or it was a very like normal name, but he was really trying to be nice to Morton. And Morton was, every time he stood up, it was like he was, you know, a thousand cuts. He was cutting his throat another over and over and over again. Um, Anyway, so yeah, as you so said, like what object to stuff? He would object to things. He would uh, bring up. He kept bringing up um, uh, different amendments: uh, right to free speech amendment, uh, right to uh, right to uh, um, to be notified of the charges against him. You know, all every amendment he thought was um, applicable to his case. He was saying was uh, a bill of rights. Amendments in the Bill of Rights were um, being violated uh, and had been violated, so he kept trying to declare a mistrial because he hadn't been treated fairly by the cops and the prosecutor. Ah, and all Jesus. Stuff. So it was very complicated, and, and um, I was confused when he was talking about it. And like I said, if I was confused, I can't imagine what the jury thought. Yeah. Because they had to sit through the whole damn thing. 
and they came back with a guilty verdict on all counts for both Morton and his wife, which is unfortunate because she did have a, a, a lawyer. And as far as I can tell, the lawyer wasn't very good. Um, yeah. I was seeing things like, why didn't he mention that? Why didn't he bring this? This? Why didn't he bring up this material witness? Why didn't he bring just stuff that you know from watching TV or whatever? Um, and you know, sitting on trials. I mean, I, I, I've been juror on a few trials, two, two or three. Anyway, but I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, God, this guy could have said so much more, and, to, and he'd give up so easily. And so I don't think she had the best representation. But anyway, and right. No surprise, the jury came back with guilty verdicts on all counts in a half a day. Yeah, yeah, it was fast. After like four days of trial, there was like a half a day of guilty, 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 guilty on everything. Then, of yeah. course, as you said, he, you know, he was sent off to jail and to wait sentencing. And um, oh no, he wasn't sent off to jail. He was uh, released. He was sent home. Yeah, sent home, um, saying you know you have to appear at this date at this time for sentencing, and he didn't. He uh, he went right. on the lam for couple of months and then when they found him what amazed me during and then i went to the sentencing phase of the trial yeah that's what yeah 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 um morton tried to uh say that he wanted a mistrial declared and a whole bunch of like you know i would like this and that and the judge was like mr morton you've already been convicted you can't talk about this stuff now this is a sentencing trial <laughs> yes yeah, like save it for your appeal well it's funny you mentioned in a sense it's like how can you we laugh about it, but it's like, can you imagine, like, I'm sure it's very complicated if you're the judge and the person representing themselves is like an idiot. It's like, it's like at what point at what point do you have to step in and, and like, what if they just stand up and object to, like, everything? It's like, dude, now you're just being a uh, nuisance. Like, we can't, you know. Oh, if, that, if that's the case, they just tell them, look, you can't represent yourself anymore because this trial isn't going anywhere and we're going to assign somebody to right. you and you're going to be, you're going to be locked away somewhere where you can't make any noise. And he was yeah, exactly. he wasn't yeah. that stupid. He was just dumb enough to hang himself with his BS um uh, defense. Yeah, he comes into the court and this time he's in chains and in his correction like Riverside Correctional Facility beautiful orange jumpsuit. Um and his wife is as well. I think she had a white one on cuz she was at the women's jail. So they get nice white ones. Morton came and he started arguing with the judge again who was again trying to be nice to him. And Morton was just, he was kicking the stool out from under himself. Every single time the judge said, here, here's a little stool that you can rest on, Morton would kick it out out from under him. Finally, he just said, look, this you can't talk about this anymore. This is the end of it. This is it. And he gave him a very light sentence. He gave him a, like a, a sentence like below months, many months less than what the, the minimum that was recommended by the prosecution. Isn't it like, yeah, but it's still a sizable amount. Isn't it like six or seven years? Something like that. I can't remember how many months. And it, it, the funny thing was his wife came in, and she didn't. She had a lawyer again, and she had a prepared statement. She also had letters of, uh, what, support letters from different people, like, you know, a minister and some other, some, a few other uh, uh, responsible-sounding people saying what a good person she was and what a good, you know, re- rehabilitation um, prospect she was, all this. And she just read it and said, look, and the statement was, look, I screwed up. I followed my husband. I shouldn't have done that. He did wrong. I did wrong. Mercy of the court. And they went light on her, too. Um, That's good. In fact, I think a little bit lighter than Morton, which makes sense. Well, he went on the run. She didn't, so. No, she didn't. In fact, they found him because she violated her. her parole. I mean, violate. I don't know if it's parole, but she violated the terms of being not being put in jail um, before 
before sentencing by going to see him. That's how they caught him. They, they, she she went out to right. see him in Desert Hot Springs, and as she left the compound, um, the uh, um, who is it? Not, not FBI, not DEA. Uh, the 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 Justice Department people just just you know descended upon this place and just arrested him right away, with with yeah. with no with no big shootout as we'd hoped. But <laughs> <laughs> so that I, I as far as I can remember, and I I went to the you know I went to both phases you know those two part two days of the tri- trial and uh, sentencing and um, took. Uh, the first time I just took a piece of paper and I wrote really tiny on two sides of this eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. I must have written like 2,000 words or more on this piece of paper handwritten. The second time I took a little reporter's notebook and filled like, you know, 30 pages. Um, yeah. Then I came home and typed it all up so that there was a record of, you know, what I saw and how I saw it and all that. And that's still, if you go to the Right of Mysteriosa site and look for Sean Morton, you can find those documents and just download them. Anyway, um, so much for me talking straight for half an hour. Yeah, no, no, it was good. I wanted to hear. I wanted to get that all on, on the thing for the year in review because uh, you were a part of a big story here. It's interesting. The whole thing is interesting with <laughs> with him going to jail. This guy going to jail. Uh, the people who support them still. It's crazy. You know, I was laughing in a sense while I was listening to the story, just because it's like he. Uh, we should mention to folks that while he was on the run, he. Did a show. He did. He did yeah. a podcast. Yeah, he went on somebody's so. podcast, and I think he, while he was driving away from Los Angeles in his car, he called in somehow and had that like podcast from his cell phone. As he was driving the freeways of Los Angeles, he was ranting about how badly he had been treated and all that. And I think was it Carrie Cassidy that had him on the show, her show? Yeah, I believe it was Carrie Cassidy. Yeah. And um, let him say his piece. And they, the the weird thing was, you know, when I went to the sentencing, yeah, practically the whole time he was leaving L.A., there were agents following him. I did not know this. They followed him to his house where he went and picked up some stuff. They followed him. I think he went to some place in, like, Orange County and stopped at some building. They watched him walking around in there. And I keep wondering, why didn't they? I can't remember why they didn't just pick him up right away. I have no idea. I, I, you know, who's he going to lead them to? But anyway, there were the, there was some IRS or the Justice Department agent or agents following him for like a day or two, till they lost track wait, of him. Before, which is, oh, so when, wait a minute, he was convicted, and then they they kept they, yeah. he was convicted, and then they followed him for a couple of days. They followed him when he skipped uh, on the sentencing. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. So I'm like right kind away. Of, they were yeah, following him. They knew where he was for like the first forty-eight hours. I don't know why they didn't just grab him then. I, I have no, no idea. Steve, Steve, Steve says uh, maybe they were seeing if he had money stashed away. Oh, like, yeah, maybe. Maybe he, they were maybe. looking to see what he was going to do. with. Yeah, exactly, to, to, to help pay back some of this. But, no, I think they blew all that money. On, I get like the a, feeling, yeah. Yeah, on a car and paying some other debts they had and all that, and maybe some, for some lawyers. and all. Anyway, that stuff was, as soon as they got the checks from the government with these false pa- tax returns, which was part of what they were convicted under, they, they immediately cashed the checks and put them in two or three different banks and went out and bought a brand-new BMW. Yeah. The pattern was, let's rip people off for as much money as possible and then go hide all the money and uh, um, lie and cheat and steal and, and keep one step ahead of everybody, and you know and hopefully that will last forever. And... It, and in most people's cases, in fact, almost all of them, unless you're head of a large corporation, it doesn't. 
It doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are people that do get away with it, but yeah, most people. If you're if you're just some amateur. Yeah, uh, if you're small you time, know. that you probably get, especially if it's a large amount of money like this was, which was like something like. I think he got a return altogether of something like four hundred and twenty thousand dollars from filing yeah. two false returns. He got that much back from the government before they realized, hey, wait a second, this guy didn't make all this money. What's going on here? You know what it sounds like to me, though, too, in a sense, now that I'm hearing more about it, is like you almost wonder if it's one of those like things that you like you hear about. Like I just heard you tell me that he did that, so it's like. Well, shit, why don't I just try that? And then it happens. Like, what if that should have been his defense? Should have been like, I heard if you do this, they'll send you a giant check by accident. I did it. They did. And I freaked out. Well, yeah. Yeah. I fr- <laughs> like, uh, great was, great I defense. Then why didn't me. you return the damn money when it worked? No, they, they obviously. <laughs> because is, at that point, I had half a million bucks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The that's first thing. Old, yeah. The first thing. Defense. Yeah. Why wouldn't. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just take that money and skip? You know, leave yeah. for leave for twenty years and go live in you know Australia or South America or Mexico or some place where nobody really knows who you are, can find you, and then when it all blows over, somehow make your way back and see if you can rip more people off. But he didn't do it that way. I guess it, I think what it is is ego thought that he would never be caught, and he, you know, and in some some place in his mind that he was doing things that should be right even though they were against the law he believed that they weren't and that i don't know if he thought he was above the law but he's just like look just i don't have to do what other people tell me to i don't have to follow these laws these laws are unjust and unfair and don't apply to me and i'm going to act like that i think that's what he did and he was that was brought up in the trial too actually multiple times yeah exactly and they were like well if you want to live here you have to follow our laws you can't just be like "I'm, i'm i'm a breakaway human it's like you know, you can't be a well, breakaway. Well, yeah, human, he tried to do the um, the sovereign citizen thing, and a lot of this was right, ripping right. money, ripping off people. Was um, saying that they could claim sovereign citizenship. He could do it for them. He had filed the papers and all this, all the while knowing, I'm pretty sure, knowing that um, that you couldn't do that. Maybe he just deluded himself into thinking that you could. But he took thousands and thousands of dollars from many people. Um, with oh, yeah. that with that scam, and of course he's oh I'm sorry you know the state doesn't accept it and they're criminals and all that but sorry you know I had to keep your money. It, that was all the costs you know. Yeah, well it caught up to him so. Yeah, and I'm not. It'll a be su- interesting. Go ahead. To see what he what he's like when he gets out, you know what I yeah. mean. And I'm not a self righteously indignant person like I'm glad he got it. You know, that scumbag. <laughs> That's one one of my pet peeves is people, you know, getting on the side of right and thinking that it's a big it's a big deal. It's like, well, of course the guy's a scumbag. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, just to irritate them even more. It's like, yeah, the guy's definitely a scumbag. And folks, I hate to break it to you, but I kind of love him. <laughs> I think the story his story needs to be a movie. Like if you if you're a psychic who gets sentenced to jail, At least and a, you next, go on the a run, Netflix series. Absolutely, yeah. If you're a psychic that gets sent to jail for defrauding people and, and or the government, and, and then you are on the run, like that's, that's yeah, good. Draw, off, man. draw you out that on you have the lived run. Part. A life, man. Yeah. Draw out that on the run part. Have Johnny Depp play you. Whatever the hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think so. actually Depp would be pretty good. He could play a you know a, 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 you know kind of a. a 
a, a slimy con man dude. People would love that show, yeah, because they like anti-heroes. Yeah, so or John like Goodman even. John Goodman would be good for that. Mm. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. See, that's what we should be doing, writing uh, shows like that. <laughs> that's where the money is, man, <laughs> just not this stupid podcasting crap. Exactly, yeah. Um, we got to spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the Internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? And we talked about Stan Romanak. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing else really to say about him. It's just like, it's just weird and funny in the sense that, like, there was all these criminal trials for uh, paranormalists and conspiracy folk. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know this before, and everybody knows about it now, but I had to wait for... Paul Kimball showed me the pencil-throwing video, which is one of the funniest things you've ever seen. The, just look up oh, the yeah. Stan Romanek pencil-throwing uh, incident. Uh, just the, yeah, He's being interviewed on some, some video uh, podcast, and a pencil goes flying up like past his head, and you can see his hand throwing it. And he's like, whoa, what was that? Hey. <laughs> and he does it like two or three times. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. He only got like uh I think he got like two years, something super short. So he'll be he'll be back out on the streets uh before you know it. Yeah. I don't know what that says about <laughs> the state of Colorado and shit, but Yeah, well he's you know. also on the sex offenders list and anytime he moves anywhere, if anybody bothers to look, they'll know that there's somebody that was I don't even think you they tell you what that was for. They're just on a list as a registered sex offender. Yeah. And part of his defense kind of fell apart when you think about it this way. It's like his whole argument's like, I, I'm so close to the truth that they have to frame me for this. But it's like, well, clearly, like, no one gives a fuck about what you have to say, dude. <laughs> like, like you've apparently told your tale to the world and no one – it didn't change the world. So why would they frame you – to go to jail. Yeah, it's funny because the people that are the, it seems like the people that have the craziest things to say are the ones that claim to be shut up. I'm I'm really interested in the people that have, that weren't really saying anything that anybody paid any attention to and then, or really was, you know, at a low level, explosive stuff, and then you never hear from them again. Or they just said, they suddenly got interested in something else. Um, yeah. I, I remember that, um, who was it that wrote um, Operation Mind Control? Walter Bowart. Um, he wasn't killed, but I guess he, like, somebody told me he got, he found some girlfriend, and the girlfriend, like, uh, told him to stop doing the, the uh, mind control conspiracy stuff and got him off that. And um, I think that's a far easier way than killing somebody to uh, right. to just shut him up. Just get him interested in something else, you know? And most people, I think, if you threaten them, they shut up. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know. it's like okay, or you can uh, even more. And this is, you know, <laughs> what is uh, the easiest thing is just present them with information that leads them away from what you think they, that that they think they're following. And if they think that they've come to the conclusion on their own based on information they've come to, you know, by 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 research accident or being told something but in secret by somebody they trust or whatever. That will lead them away. You don't have to kill people. You don't have to put them, you know, put them on trail and put them in jail, anything like that. Right. That's almost that tempts me to take us into the DeLong territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's do the DeLong thing because I feel like. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's the, it's, well, you know, it's the night of a... Uh, we'll, we'll clear the, this the, out and do the JFK files, uh, the everything's a conspiracy now, D.B. Cooper, Yetis, orangutans, and everything on the next one, because you know this is going to take us to the end. Yeah, for sure. And I keep but, saying I don't want to talk about it on my show, but it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, you have to talk about it. It's like the biggest story of the year, but we don't, we don't... You know, we won't know for a while what it means and shit is the is the first thing to say, I think, about it. So um, for people that don't know <laughs> <laughs> who are listening to this in Okay, uh, everybody or, listening to the show can go get something to drink right now as we go. <laughs> right. I'll what do happened? a quick, like, I'll do a, uh, no, dude, I'm going to do, like, a quick, like, 10-second, 15, 30-second recap. No, go, uh, please. Make it as you long know, as rock you Rockstar Tom DeLonge, uh, we were waiting for him to do something. Uh, then he had a press conference in October, introduced a whole bunch of suits um, who worked for the government and uh, said they were formerly. launching a company. Formerly worked for the government. Said they were, were said they were launching a company, and, uh, you know, it was met with a lot of uh, skepticism and, and rightful skepticism. And uh, at least as far as I was concerned, I was just like, just do something, dude. I don't care about, about <laughs> your company. Just do something. So then, uh, like three or four days before Christmas, or a week before Christmas, they the New York Times pretty much just like wrote a story about what we December all saw 16th. in October. Yeah, which is like I think worthy of talking about in a sense, where it's like, you know, we the, it it took two months for them to write the story, and then it was like huge news. So it was, this wasn't like some groundbreaking thing in a sense, if you really think about it. Because uh, it took two months for anyone to notice, um, and then uh, essentially the the Times what made it important was the Times uh, confirmed through the Pentagon that the, they had been looking at UFOs for like five years, um, and this Elizondo guy who's part of Tom DeLonge's group uh, was essentially the main source for the uh, for the Times story. It was essentially like a like like meet this guy. Here's what he did, and. Um, so there's a whole lot of intrigue because it traces back to like Bob Bigelow, um, who essentially was running this program that the Pentagon admitted to having. So I think that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, and Is that really? Yeah, that's the and gist. And released some videos. Yeah, and the the uh, point of the uh, to the Stars Academy of Arts and to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is abbreviated TT. Uh, S A A S, which um, Red Pill pointed out, so every time he sees it, he thinks it says tits and ass. Um, <laughs> that uh, that they were going to take any money that was invested in their company, which was a uh, for-profit company, um, uh, you know, um, registered with the Security and Exchange Commission, and they had you know incorporation papers, and they had uh, initial public offering papers, and um, explained exactly what they what they thought they were going to do, which was um, the main thing was uh, two main things. One, use alien technology or what has been gleaned from UFOs, either physical, which was an important part of it, as it turned out later, um, physical pieces of these things, uh, supposedly, and whatever they could glean from observations people had made of uh, uh, UFOs to create some sort of... Uh, back-engineered or augmented piece of technology that would, you know, would enable what? Fast, uh, faster than light travel or a lot faster. Yeah, they're going to build their own UFO. Yeah. And 
the other part of the company was we're going to be a production company that takes some of these uh, things we have found out from the government and other people and present them as uh, movie and TV shows to inform people about what they think is the truth behind all this through uh, popular media. So that those were the two parts of their their two pronged attack, as they said out there. Right their uh, news conference. And then, of course, the Leslie Keene got on board with them and helped uh, to create this article, write this article with two other writers from the New York Times, um, mostly about, I guess, about these videos, but also about two other things. One, that, uh, you know, like you said, the Pentagon had this program. Um, and that, uh, like you said, there are videos. Right, right. And they release these videos, and they are completely unimpressive because we've seen a gazillion of these kinds of videos. The diff- right. The, the videos, difference- there's a whole subplot with the videos. Yeah, and the, the, the difference being that supposedly this, this has the, um, uh, what, the uh, blessing of officialdom. Although in within about a week or two after the Pentagon or the DOD came out and said, look, we didn't release these and we don't approve them. Yes, they are our videos, but these people are... Yeah, but the thing is, like, how did they get them? Well, if they if they're not yours and you didn't release them, then why are these people using them? So right, right. I've come out of this. I'm glad we've had the extra time to think about it because I've come out of this like uh, with a lot of questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like the specifically what, to what you're speaking to the the, uh, the chain of custody surrounding these videos because uh, I think you've seen the thing where it's like apparently these popped up on a message board in France or something like that. <laughs> Like, like oh, yeah. five years ago. Yeah, at least one of the videos, I think. One of the, the Nimitz, the Nimitz one. Yeah, has been around for a while. It's just that nobody's really touted it as anything. Um, but now it's one of the few videos that have come out. This is the one they chose to uh, use as their first shot across the bow kind of thing. But it seems like, I just wonder where, as I said, the chain of custody. Do we know who who, who gave this? If this, this really came from a, from a fighter jet, who... Who allowed this to be released to the New York Times? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or or to the to the Stars Academy. Like we we don't know the chain of custody on that, and that's if it was already out somewhere on the internet. Yeah, like or what, Jeremy Corbell or whoever got it at first. I who knows that the, the the people had that did release it um, uh, to the Stars, DeLong, um, Corbell. I think to some extent, um, a few others are saying yes, there is a chain of custody, and that. It does come from the government, and it is call it is they are calling it official and all that. But the upshot of all this is, um, apart from UFO people saying, "Yeah, we already knew that," and some of them saying, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. This is disclosure." Um, I think the public at large just kind of went, eh, "Well, this is pretty interesting," I mean, because nobody's it doesn't affect anybody on a personal level every day, you know, or change right. their yeah. really change their worldview because most people kind of think that's what's going on anyway. That's the other thing I said on. Um, I was on uh, Tim Beckley's uh, show um, last week, and I said, look, it's, you know, one thing about this is it's following the script and the myth exactly 100% down the line. Everything we've been told from from Bill Moore's 89 speech to, you know, John Lear and Bill Cooper and um, all the way through X-Files, which is comes directly out of uh, that milieu, um, Every movie like Independence Day, all that, all the way up to now, this 
follows that script and that myth exactly, which makes me really suspicious. Well, I, I, I think I said to you before the show on the air, it's like it's funny. I, the, most of the opinion things I've seen, because I go to other sites and stuff that aren't uh, from our milieu, and it's like uh, people who are even remotely like this stuff are laughing about how uh, they see this as UFO disclosure. And 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 laugh about how no one seems to care. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to take a lot more than than this to 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 break the dam. Yeah. I mean, I I joked with somebody uh, online the other night that was like, they're they're within field goal range, but we need a touchdown here to win. You know, <laughs> we we need to get it over the line. Like, so kudos to them for getting it this close. But they're in not- my mind, it's it's like just give us. I've never been one of those people that's like, oh, the government needs to tell us what it is. It's like, just confirm it so so the rest of us can move on. So to me, that's part of my attitude about it. Yeah, but if they confirm something you already think, especially coming from people that really haven't dealt with the truth with this subject or a lot of others for a long time, if you're hearing exactly what you want, doesn't that kind of make you wonder what the veracity of the message I I, I'm in total agreement with you, but but I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't even want, I don't want alien disclosure. I want other disclosure, like just that, just that there's something else out there. Like they're they're, I'm not going to believe them when they say it's aliens because I know better. But at least like they'll break the veil of the other veil. It's funny because they basically kind of have done that, but I don't think it's going to it's not going to sink in until either. All scientists and academics are saying, look, we really have to study this thing, and we think it's really important, and they say this publicly and loudly. And or somebody says, you want to experience this? We found out how to do it. You want, you want, to, you right. want to know how to see an alien? Here you go. And, you know, 60, 80, 90% of people do it, have, have something happen to them, and they go, whoa, that is what will change things. I don't want them to even deal with this shit. They don't, they don't know what the fuck they're doing anyway. Yeah. That's like a whole reality show. Well, that, yeah, that always also scare me, too, because as you and I and most people listening to this and a lot of people we've had on the shows uh, think is it's really, really bad to reduce it to aliens coming from other planets. The funny thing is, in their statements, Elizondo and all these other people, they don't say aliens. They don't say extraterrestrial. They say from yeah, somewhere they say else. We don't know where it comes from. Yeah. They say it's from somewhere else. We think it's something else. It's not us. Yeah. Which I think is very smart. I mean, I, I, I would do the exact same thing they're doing in, the, in, in that way. Don't don't say alien. Don't say, you know, because you're, um, one, it automatically throws you in with a bunch of um, wackos you want to be associated with. And two, you're, you're painting yourself into a corner. I think they're purposely not painting themselves into a corner. I actually applaud that part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. if there's something there. We don't exactly know what it is, and we're trying to find out. Um, that that's great. I'm, I love that they're doing that. It's just that yeah, I'm all I, in favor of that I, attitude. I'm I'm you know none of us are in a position to. I don't even think DeLong is actually in a position to know exactly what is being, what the goal is here. You know, the goal I, for who? The goal for the people who are controlling the message right now. Right, 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 right. That's what I was saying. It may have been to you, where it was like. Uh, off the air conversation where it was um, it's like I can't quite figure out oh no I said uh, to Stan on the holiday special it's like I can't quite f- 
figure out what they're trying to disclose, uh, disinform. I know the word disinformize us on. You know what I mean? I don't trying to mislead us about. Yeah. I don't know where. What you know? I'm trying to figure out the con as they're doing it, and it's like I can't quite yet figure out. There's a, still seems to be more. We need more information. There's another shoe to drop. That's going to be like, okay, now I know why this happened. Really? You know I mean, I don't think that's ever going to happen with these people. I don't think. I think it's going to. It's going to either come to a conclusion that is inconclusive that you can make your own make up your own uh you can fill in your own blank which people are already doing like mad yeah or two it'll just fade out after a while and whatever they needed to do with it'll be done and people say what happened to that well i guess they didn't find what they were doing and uh whatever those are the two ways i can see this going the everything changes and the entire paradigm shifts and everybody realizes that there's aliens here and all that that to me is the least likely thing that's going to happen Although, you know, I, I suppose I'd like to be proven wrong, but it's, I think as soon as it's like a, you know, it's like a um, quantum physics experiment. As soon as you decide what the thing is, that becomes all it is. And it could have been, right, right. been a hundred other things. And in fact, we know from the history of the subject, it has been a hundred other things. Right, right. Well, we know it's not the, it's not earth shattering because it didn't shatter. It didn't change the paradigm, you know what I'm saying? So it's well, like, it, you know, it very like well. Like I said to you, it's like people. Some, to some people, it's like, oh, the government, the government uh, told us the truth about UFOs. It's and no one gave a fuck. Ha ha ha! It's like so we need in order for this to move forward. It's almost a litmus test. Where it's like, all right, well, <laughs> what what will make a dent in the consciousness of people? What will hit the zeitgeist? It's like, all right, we lost them. It's like, all right, so they they pretty much know that that's what we're doing anyway. So we got to try to fucking well, alien yeah. out or something. The other thing that might be going on is that it's a tool to do something else that we have no idea. Um, that's yeah, I, I've said before, like weaponized space, you know. like Maybe yeah. it's a whole thing to eventually weaponize space because like, we don't know where these things are coming from, so we better protect ourselves against them. Yeah, that or or who knows what. Um, I've got uh, little faith that it's uh, what it says it is, you know, despite the the... If I get left in the dirt and everybody realizes it's something else and that uh, things go on without without me or any any of my friends or anybody that has had different ideas about this, you know what? More power to them. That's great. I'm still not going to believe them. I don't really mind being left in the dirt. I've I've got. I think it's far more interesting to do to pursue what we're pursuing than to say there's aliens here and we have to do something about it. Um, Dude, we already occupy the dirt. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've already we've already been left behind because we don't want to like chase after some fucking bullshit that other people are chasing after. Yeah, you know. So to me, it's like good kudos on these people for doing something and getting something out there. But now after yes. a couple of weeks, like there, like I said, there are a lot of questions that came out of this that aren't being answered. And if a year or so goes by, it's going to turn into a joke in my mind, where it's like the alien alloys thing. Like, they drop that bomb on everybody, and it's like, either put up or shut up now, you know? And yeah, that's the other I, I part of it. I don't know what yeah. else to say about alien alloys, but, but you know, in the, in the immortal words of Adam Go Rightly, hashtag free the alloys, man. Like, like <laughs> we want the alloys. Like, give us... If you say you have alien alloys, give the alien alloys. Otherwise, to me, that, that it turns into one of those, like, underground base Area 51 type stories. 
where it's like, oh, I guess they have they have alien allies. They told us they do, but they won't show it to us. You but, know that there are reporters right now digging into this, going, where are these damn things? What are they? You know, just produce. The I things. hope so, but I wonder if they <laughs> if they are. It's like. Well, can you imagine? Like, yeah, can you imagine a better story either one to prove that it was a huge scam, or two to prove that they really do have strange alloys from somewhere that they can't explain that they are trying to reproduce in some way that uh, can give them a military, economic, uh, technological edge. I I right. don't know. Either of those two stories would be amazing. So you know there are people working on. It. There's got to be, and not UFO people. I mean, like you know, people who are after Pulitzer. Yeah. So. That's a big part of it, I think. Uh, to me, that that that's the one to watch, I guess, going into 2018, where it's like, what are they? More videos won't make a difference, you know. And God bless the pilot who's on TV all the time, but it's like right. I've seen a million witness stories, man. I've heard a, a million witness stories. I've, yeah, I've all of us seen have. a million UFO videos. The gun video is not that impressive to me. Like, and I've seen, because I've seen a million UFO videos, dude, so it's like... Yeah, and, you know, bl you know bless him or not, Steve Greer actually had these, and other, Leslie Keene, for, for her part, have had a lot of people say the same thing. Right. For years. So it's it's nothing special, it's just that it wasn't in the New York Times. And, the, well, the, the, like you said, the, the, what's the next act? I mean, part of the next act, is, as some people have been kicking around, is that um, they are going to talk about how people have been changed by uh, abductions or supposed abductions or some sort of interaction with something that's not human, that it's changed their physiology in some way, um, DNA, etc. That's supposedly yeah. part of the next, you know, the next reveal or whatever. Um, Which but, I think is a huge mistake because I don't like, because uh, like, as you said before, then we're jumping right to the alien thing. Well, they don't have yeah. to be. They could be jumping. Like, look, they can talk about something that's affecting people and not say it's aliens, just like they can talk about something that's shaped like a Tic Tac that's floating over the ocean that shoots up to 20-whatever thousand feet in a couple of seconds and not say aliens. Right, right. Um, and the it, other uh, Go ahead. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. The other point I made is that I don't think they really care what – officialdom thinks or the New York Times thinks or whatever. What they care about is the court of public opinion. If they can win in the court of public opinion, then they can do what they whatever they want to do with this material or whatever, you know, whatever the, the Oh, you mean the people behind the uh Yeah, like they want the, uh, they want to win they want to win over public opinion. I don't think they right, really care right, about that. They don't really yeah. care about academia or the government or or you know, or the press or ufology. Or, yeah, or uf the least of all ufology. Uh, they right. don't really care about that. It's public perception and opinion i think is the most important thing here oh for sure yeah yeah whether they're you know no, no matter what part of the the message is true or how much of it or whatever um i think there's a lot of i don't know about truths there's a lot of compelling stuff mixed in with what they're talking about that we've known about for a long time yeah i think that yeah the least of all ufology people they want to appeal to you know I definitely think that because there's an air of certain there's a certain air of like uh, yeah there's not one uh, UFO person in that group right exactly there's a certain air of like anti ufology in the whole yeah. uh, enterprise yeah I think they're trying to Which, subvert yeah exactly like you said they're trying to subvert ufology and make it irrelevant right right which I don't necessarily like. Uh, you know, when it comes to things like we talked about MUFON, it's like, yeah, you know, buy MUFON. That would be great. But I'd love it to be subverted, but I'm not sure if I want it. I like, the, this, I like this method. <laughs> because 
Because it's top right, down. Exactly. It's top down, not bottom up. Um, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it's because I've heard like complaints about uh, ufology from people who like are affiliated with this group, and it's like, um, you know, it's like, oh, these people, they don't even get what's going on. They don't really understand how things are changing and shit. And it's like, well, what do you want ufology to do, man? Like, stop. I think should they do. All, we, I think they want it to stop. Yeah, I think they want what? it to fade away. Why isn't uh, Stan Friedman in the group? Why isn't uh, Bruce McAbee in the group? Why isn't um, hmm? Huh, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Just some, you know, a somebody that is reasonably respected that's into it. They don't have any of those people. These are all outsiders. The only one that's sort of a quote unquote insider is a fan. Tom DeLong is a fan of UFO stuff. He's not a researcher. Right. Right. Exactly. So to me, it's it's very uh, it's very off putting in a sense. Yeah. Why not Alejandro Rojas? I mean, he'd be a perfect person to fit into this group. A million other people. Who's the guy that just left? Um, a couple of the guys that left uh, uh, Mufon started the uh, Scientific Coalition of Ufology, the SCU. Why not those guys? Because they don't want them involved. Just like you said. Yeah, it's a it's a very exclusive club of like people and. Uh, God damn it! I've talked about this way too much now. I know, but not on the air. I bet because you and I, you and I have talked about it for like hours. But um, yeah, to me, it's it, it it it's just very strange. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I guess I, well, I'm always of that opinion now with this thing. It's like yeah. well, they did something, so what are they going to do next? And like I said, I can't figure out what they're what they're going for. You know, I'm always going to try and like figure them out. So. Yeah, and I don't well, understand the people that are that are saying shit like, uh, like I said, like what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, stop caring about this stuff. Not question the source where it came from. Like that's the entire zeitgeist of ufology. Is like not trusting uh, the government and everything else. Yeah, except when it tells you exactly what you want to hear. Right. The government on this thing it's like they, they're not having a crisis of conscience about this. Like they're, they're not. I don't think there's people there who are like, oh, shit, what have we done in the uh, government? There's, and now there's probably and now a like, few. Oh, we're gonna... but... Yeah, but I don't think they're well, on there's... the yeah, TTS. There's... <laughs> yeah, there's some plausible deniability because everybody in there says that they're not affiliated with the government anymore. That's their out, yeah. I guess. But it, all, you know, all of this aside, if if something good comes out of it, and they really do change everything, and you know, the, we enter this brand new golden age of openness and and uh, you know, faster than light travel and time machines and alien alloys that allow us to uh, never have to buy another car or whatever the hell, great. You know what? That's wonderful. I hope it's uh, used for to help everybody, like they say it's going to. Best of luck to them. But uh, I'm ambivalent. I'm ambivalent and on the suspicious side of ambivalent. As cheesy and ridiculous as it sounds, but it's actually a, 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 a fragment of our current time, I found that the fact that Trump didn't even mention it, tweet about it, be asked, they asked the press secretary about it, and she just blew them off. So to me, it's like, as, as fucked up as it sounds, it's like, unless Trump's tweeting about it, I don't really have the time to care about it, man. So if he doesn't care about it, then it can't be that important. Or, you know, that if you're trying to, like, change the dialogue of the planet, you need you need this lunatic who is the voice of, of, of America, for better or for worse, to talk about it. And he never did. So 
it's like that's another threshold they need to break if they're going to like really get this thing over the finish line. Yeah. Maybe, but I've uh, spoken way more on this than I ever wanted to, and I'm kind of sorry about it now. Why, dude? Everyone's talking about it. We have to like uh, because it means I threw I I partially threw into something I said I would throw into. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I thought that, but at the same time, it's like this is what's happening in ufology. I mean, you have to like talk about what's really happening. Otherwise, what is really what else is going on? Nothing. This is the latest development in this crazy field. We already discussed how MUFON's dying and embroiled in scandal and everything. So that's probably the biggest thing. I am not sure if it's probably the biggest thing in ufology that hit like a bomb because a lot of things just were like you know there was a period that everybody was into government conspiracy. There's a period that everybody was into was the field was taken over by abduction research, and after 9/11, everything kind of like died for probably five or six years because nobody seemed to care about the subject, wondering if they were going to get blown up or shot or whatever. Now, since that hasn't happened recently in, in any great uh, uh, way, that, uh, that people are back to being interested in it. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a connection there. I, I do not know. But th- there is a very definite inverse relationship between something really that just shocks everybody into, into uh, a different paradigm and paranormal and ufo and all that all of that just went completely south for i don't know maybe almost 10 years after 9-11 yeah well i think this year was like that too honestly uh it felt like um the re- when the real world is stranger than uh the paranormal it's like people don't really care and i, I felt like that was the case this year because uh this whole again i don't want to get into like politics as crazy as it sounds on a year in review show because i feel like this was like the biggest <laughs> thing looming over the whole planet but you know the the situation with, with trump being president it's like that's all anyone really gave a fuck about it's yeah, hard well, to like care about bigfoot and ghosts and ufos if uh if we're dealing with like a, we we have a reality show president man a few months before two or three i think we talked about this two or three months before there was this worry that the chinese just finished this giant radio telescope and they would oh quote, they might unquote, have the aliens yeah, the quote-unquote yeah. communicate with aliens before we did, which is kind of like, but we've been trying to do this for decades. Why are the Chinese suddenly going to be any better at it when they're subject to the exact same physical odds that our telescopes were? They're just they can just read, they can just hear further. That's all, and resolve. Yeah, better. but the whole idea, though, I guess in a sense too, is like, <laughs> what if they're not telling us what they hear? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the Chinese are like, actually, it turns out, like, we get a shitload of alien signals. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're we're actually, like, at the hub of alien communication. Yeah, well, so. nobody's going to believe a word they say and they t- until they release the files, you know, release the tapes and say... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll, they'll, they'll free the alien alloys. They'll yeah. be like, well, fine, here are the recordings. <laughs> and we've already you figured know? out the alloys and you people are screwed. So, yeah, there was... Yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder about the timing of that, too. It's all very interesting, yeah. Because to me, it's like, could they have disclosure as a... I, I, I think I joked with you, it was like, <laughs> what the aliens are like, listen, you're on the brink of World War Three. Break the alien thing. Like, you know, reveal aliens in the event that you're on the brink of, like, a massive global thermonuclear war. Yeah. So... That that's it. that that's a possibility. It just seems way, way, way not too subtle for. I mean, not subtle enough for me. But many things right. are not subtle. Smashing planes into into uh, 
into buildings is not subtle at all. Invading countries with uh, massive uh, military forces are not subtle at all. M- nuclear missiles are not subtle at all. So, Right, right. Well, part of the thing, with too, was like the uh, the idea that, like, if they're – the old idea, I think, with the, uh, the UFOs come on uh, nuclear bases and stuff when you develop nuclear weapons, uh, what if – like, what if North Korea is – they're getting closer and closer and the UFOs are showing up and – the U.S. government's like, all right, they're going to think this is us, so we need to let them. We can't just like we can't pass a secret message to North Korea about UFOs, so we have to actually like reveal the whole truth about it. Yeah, there's so many scenarios you could throw up here. I, I don't I don't know what any of them are, but I'm almost certain that it's fun to speculate about. Yeah, though. it's all, I'm almost certain none of them are 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 imbued with the subtlety that the that the truth of this matter might be. <laughs> Because I think when people find out what's been going on and what DeLong's group's been doing and what MUFON has done in the last, you know, 20 years or so and what uh, the United States knew in the 1960s and 70s and 80s and other countries knew and what happened, if that ever comes out, it will not be – it will be so ridiculously in left field to what people think it is that that will be the paradigm shift. You know what I mean? That that it'll be so ridiculously off of what people – expected that it will that will be the change not not uh um we know what aliens are now it's it's going to be way more complicated and 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 uh inspiring and disturbing than that i think i, I think i hear what you're saying yeah, yeah. I, I i've i've got a gut feeling about it uh, 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 about that uh, in that way more than we're going to get to the truth, and it's going to be this thing, and it's going to be revealed in, you know, you know, uh, signs, uh, day the earth stood still, that kind of thing. That's that's way off base to me. Yeah, no, I don't think we're like gonna uh, <laughs> ever have like a situation where like the, the aliens are like hanging out with us and stuff. At least in our lifetime. No, I don't think so. Which is kind of depressing in a way. I was talking about this with somebody else on the show, uh, talking about like space travel, where it's like, it's like, you know, I know you fly and shit. It's like we're not gonna ever. You and I are not gonna probably go to the moon. No. And I don't think I don't think I ever confronted that <laughs> until uh, until like in recent years, where it's like, all right, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to have the opportunity to be a part of like the first moon colony and anything like that. I'm going to miss out on all that shit. Yeah, if I can, if I can uh, work it so that I can uh, take a trip into space, I'll do it. I mean, I do. I, if I was, uh, I wish I was uh, Angelina Jolie or whoever that, um, who the hell else has put up these uh, uh, for space? Not SpaceX for uh, Virgin uh, uh, Galactic um, put up money for their first ride. I would have done it in a heartbeat. People are like, oh, I don't know, you could die. It's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> I would much rather die being shot into space than I would, like, on a bed or in a, in a car wreck or something. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. I no. would prefer to die quietly in a bed, you know, when I'm, you know, 100-something years old. But if I got to go in some other way, uh, being shot into space is probably one of the cool ones I would like to. Yeah. If the aliens came and they were like, we want to take you to our zoo. You're going to leave your family forever and shit. I'd be like, oh, I'm going for it. Why not? Yeah. We just try it. Just like, it's like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. Yep. You come back, it's like Rip Van Winkle anyway. What do you mean? You mean if you, tra- if you travel to another star system at the speed of light kind of thing? 
Yeah, yeah. You're like going being you're in an alien zoo for like uh you know, your life and then then like you're like, Hey, can I go back home for a while and see my family? And they're like, Yeah, but it's been like five hundred years and you get to come back to Earth and see what it's like. Right. I don't know what that means. I've got people uh I've been sort of looking at the uh comments. Um Oh Jesus. Yeah. What do they say? Uh, Carlos has been doing most of the comments here on the Ready Mysterioso chat room, show chat. DeLong made an ass out of himself on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's like, yeah, that's why he doesn't, I don't think he's done any interviews since then. He doesn't stay on, on point like, uh, some of these other guys that are, uh, older and more like, I, you know, I know media stuff. Um, yeah, and he speculates a lot. Yeah, and he speculates a lot, which is probably like the more confusing to people than, we saw this thing. We really think there's something here. That's it. Bang. There's my message. I'm not going to confuse you with details. Yeah. Carlos also said, what? Tim wants Trump's help? <laughs> oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Trump needs to get on board with the alien thing, man. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. It's like, if we're going to, like, nobody cares unless he talks about it, so... <sighs> Yeah, so it breaks through that thing. Yeah, Jim says, sounds like DeLong got Benowitz, and my re- response was, uh, kind of. That's part of it. Um, yeah, it seems that way. It, it seems, seems that, that way. way, but, you know, I'm not in the middle of that. I don't know what's going on. It's not like they're trying to drive him crazy. I think that I think he actually threw them a financial lifeline so that they could keep going. And right. now that they're now that they are going and are on some you know vaguely firm footing, they can continue with whatever the project is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because, again, it's like the alien allies. All the, I, I was making a big fuss about, like, all the reports they wrote and shit. It's like, we're... we're yeah. But, you know... Where are I'll these reports? I, I assume... I know Jack Brewer's trying to track this shit down, and uh, right. I assume John Greenwald is, too. It's like, all right, file... All right. I think that's part of the whole scheme, though, in a sense, where it's like, uh, fire away, guys. Like, start sending... FYA requested this thing. It's like, maybe this one is chasing after this stupid fucking little program. You know what I mean? So, uh, one of the guests who didn't put their name down, just 781, I said, I don't exactly part, exactly understand what part DeLong plays in all of this. Who the heck is passing him the stuff about Roswell being Nazis out of Argentina? Did he say that? Uh, I, that's that's part, one of the, part of the story I haven't kept up on. Yeah, I have no idea. That sounds crazy, Doc, to me. Yeah, well, the thing is, if you want people to listen to you, you have to sort of do it the way Elizondo is, and uh, uh, I guess what's that guy, Chris Mellon, have been doing. It's like, this is something very interesting. It could change the world. We know it's, you know, it's something that's been with us for a long time. We know it's actually a real thing and that we really have to exploit it or do something with it because if we don't, someone else will and our understanding will not. You know, we're at the point where we can understand this in, in some small way, so let's go. Let's go for it. I'm all over that kind of attitude. If you can hook the alloy thing on some, on that being verifiably true, all the other stuff will just fall right into line for a lot of people. So maybe that's the yeah. next big act is like, okay, show us this stuff and show us that you know it truly is something that can't be produced here. The elements cannot be alloyed in a way that anybody has done before. That's the real base uh, message here. Uh, yeah, I think there's way the hell more going on than that with these alloys and materials. No, 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 and, all no. That. and somebody uh, Zach Cotley pointed out in the chat room, and this is actually worth uh, thinking about, folks. Um, he was like, if even if it, because I think the idea 
with these alloys is like they were produced in zero gravity and we can't do that kind of thing. And it's like, if it's some super basic thing, then they could, they could theoretically like make the alien alloy in zero gravity in the space station and send it back down to earth. And then, and then here on earth, we could be like, Oh no, they would never, you know, we did, we never instructed them to do that kind of, you know, (laughs) why would the people in the space station be making, uh, a little lug nut, <laughs> you know what I mean? They could only be produced in zero gravity. They would never do that. They're doing other shit. They're doing science. Yeah. I just thought so of something. there's how you get tricked into, like, being like, oh, it's an alien alloy, dude. No one else, they didn't make, how else would we have made it? And it's like, actually, if we just sent the shit up to the ISS, they could actually have made it in a 3D printer and sent it back. Uh, Maybe that's part of it. I think it goes way deeper than that and may not even have to do with... I'm just alloys. talking about the alien alloys in a sense, where it's yeah. like, was like this could not be produced on Earth. That's their that if that's their argument, right? Then right, we could have sent the shit up to the ISS, and they could have made it there and sent it back, and then it's like they would lie to us about it. I guess what I'm saying. True. Good. Ryan, Ryan Sprague says he wants to hear our year in review. We got ten minutes, and I knew that would take up most of it, and. Uh... I've said way more than I wanted to say on the subject. <laughs> well, it's the year in review, so. Well, let's, you want to do holiday stuff? What did you do for the holidays? Yeah, let's do that. I saw my in, my, my father-in-law on, on Christmas Day and my parents on New Year's Day. And then after that, I just got back like two hours ago from being in Arizona for six days where I went to, um, I visited my in-law's cattle ranch and learned, learned how to, to throw a lasso. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video, yeah. I had You're to pretty good. I had to ask actually. I was so embarrassed to ask. I felt like, "Oh god, I'm the I'm the dipshit from the city that wants to learn how to be a cowboy." <laughs> but I've been fascinated. I used to go to rodeos until Sigrid was on uh doing this uh doctorate she's earning now. Uh when she's finished, we'll go back, but I used to go to rodeos with her. That was one of the things we used to do all the time when um in the first 10 years we were married. And it's because she comes from a ranching family. Uh, and her grandfather was actually a team roping champion, and he's in multiple times, I think, and he's in the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. Nice. Anyway, so these are, you know, actual real people that are cattle ranchers. They do other stuff, too. I mean, I think they grow feed and stuff. But when I was there, I just I was kind of embarrassingly said, um, uh, I didn't know even how I brought the subject up. I just... Oh, I saw the roping uh, things out in the yard where we were staying in their in their house. Out, it was it was way you know it was out in the middle of nowhere in, in Arizona. Yeah, I, I vaguely hinted at that I'd like to figure out how that's done. Oh, I bought a rope. I bought a I bought a roping rope at a like a, a supply store that when we were out driving around and it brought it back and I I said how does this work and they said oh you don't want to use that one that's just like a that's like a tourist rope. That's a child's rope. Yeah, so yeah. They, they gave me a real, actual child's rope <laughs> uh, with the with the right, you know, gauge and stiffness and all that that I could actually, you know, there's a there's a whole technique of waving it around your head and using your wrist and your arm. There's a lot of, like, if you have played any sport, golf, baseball, anything, there is a weird virtue in letting your body do what it knows how to do and getting your brain out of the way. And I think I caught on to it quicker than I might have because I'd been pitching softball for like, you know, 15 years. Uh, 
and playing golf for quite a while, uh, not as a big deal or a hobby or anything, but just as a way to hang out with people and trying to get a little better at that. But the, the thing you notice is if you get out of your own way mentally, if your body knows what it's doing and you let your subconscious and your your body parts do what they're supposed to do, they do it. And every time yeah. I missed with that lasso, I was overthinking it or throwing it instead of just tossing it and saying, you know, and, you know, kind of visualizing where it was going to go and what it was going to do. That that video I was, like, was one of the times where everything fit just right, where I threw it just right and all that. And you didn't see before the videos going, I actually, like, swung it around my head about 30 times trying to get my timing, <laughs> trying to get my timing right because you're kind of going, yeah, 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 yeah. And it... You know, if you're actually roping a cow, you're chasing it and you're timing the cow's running to your swinging and when you're going to throw. Oh it. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazingly fun thing to do. It's it's very meditative. I mean, it's just just throwing it over that stupid little dummy was really fun for me. Um, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and I come back here and I actually bought a, a, the, the roping rope. I bought is, is sitting like five feet away from me on the bed. Um, nice. I went to the store to get it, and uh, they, oh, I said can. You know, they said, well, why don't you just go down and buy one, um, a proper one, and then you can practice with that one. So they took me to the uh, the local feed store, and I picked the And the, the rope gauge they told me to get, the only one they had was pink. <laughs> I said, do you have any other color than pink? They said, that's not pink. It's flesh colored. I said, no, it's pink. <laughs> they said, nope, we don't have any other color. And I'm thinking, is this some kind of <laughs> trying to pull some shit with me because I think that I can do this and they're just making fun of me. What's going on here? Yeah, and the, it's weird. But they're all very nice and like have fun and it's such a fun thing to do and it's a great pastime and we're so glad you took it up and that's so cool. Oh, you're from L.A. You know, I thought they'd give me this, you know, L.A. asshole thing and they didn't. Very nice people. Nice. Um, well, anytime I go somewhere other, uh, else in the country, especially if it's some place where there's a stronghold of – you people from California, I try to disabuse them of a, you know, look, I'm from California. I was born there. I am not the kind of person that you think comes from California. I really not. You know who you're talking about? It's people that were born somewhere else. They watch a TV show. California, yeah. Yeah, watch a TV show or a movie about California, and then they come out here and try and act that way. Those are the kind of people you're talking about. And the thing is that they come out and do that, and they produce more TV shows, and it goes back and forth and back and forth until it does I don't know anybody like the people that are on TV shows that are supposed to represent L.A. I've never met any of those people. And if I would, I would avoid them like mad, like the plague. So yeah. this is the pr impression I try to give to people. It's like, look, not everybody in California is what you think they are. Just like any place else, there are all kinds of people that come from everywhere. It's just, a, you know, if you choose to see the worst part of them, that's all you're ever going to see. Yeah, no, California has a lot of people that are like, moved to California, and they're like obnoxious transplants. I yes, find. yes. My brother's one of them. My brother, God bless him, I love him, but he's, <laughs> one, he's one of those people that's like, he moved to California, he's just, you know, he'll come home and be like, yeah, it's so nice right now in Laguna Niguel. It's like, you're not from California. Like, you're not, you can't have hometown pride from, from moving somewhere, man. Yeah, exactly. And I don't pull that, even though I did right before this with you, because you said it's 13 degrees. I said it's 63 here. Yeah, um, but you live there, so it's well, I live here. from there. I don't hold it over people. <laughs> You're freezing your ass off. <laughs> I live out here. It's like. No, you actually, yeah, you just you just texted the actual temperature. So <laughs> it was, believe me, I was looking for a reason to be like, hey, fuck you, man. But <laughs> it was, there was nothing in there that was, uh, that was rude at all. 
Because I, I don't yeah, think, I know. you know, what, am I better than you because I live somewhere where the temperature is different? What the hell kind of logic is that? It's going to be like a real asshole. I'd be like, oh, you've got to live. Have you ever lived in a negative, a negative three degree fucking place? No, I it's, haven't. And I don't want to. By. It's really, you know, it's quite the experience to have. Yes. <laughs> you cannot leave the house. Yeah. Well, how about living in, uh, camping in the desert when it's 118, 120 degrees during the day? I've done that. There you go. But I chose to go out there, which is even more insane. <laughs> I could have stayed at home, and it's where it's like ninety-five. But I, I like hot weather. It's, it's it makes I'm I'm like the heat miser in the, uh, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, t- Christmas thing. You know, I, I, if it's if it's under seventy, I get kind of I feel like something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't snow out there, right? No, I've, I think I've seen snow once in Los Angeles the whole time I've lived here. And, yeah, I was born in Pasadena, grew up in Orange County in San Diego, then came back here for college. So, yeah, I've yeah. seen snow two or three times in my entire life in Southern California. Uh, that's not in the mountains. How was your holiday period there, Tim? I got um, I got a ton of gadgets, man. I went gadget crazy. Oh, yeah, you got the gadgets. You're just about to say, no, that's the pod. I'm going to hang up my podcasting spurs, and then somebody buys you a brand-new pair of shiny silver spurs. Yeah, I have a whole – I'm actually, like, designing a whole studio at my house to to really uh, take this thing, whatever it is, to another level. I actually talked to Steve Ray today on the the computer video chat for my seat at the new office, so – Hopefully it'll be all set up. And I, you and I try to get it actually going tonight, but I still need to get headphones to do a show like this. So hopefully on Tuesday we'll uh, have all the things figured out. But yeah, I'm the asshole who's retiring from podcasting, but also designed an amazing state of the art studio. I hope so. Actually, I picked all like the lowest priced shit that I could, <laughs> and I got a drone. What? Yeah, I got a little a little mini drone try and like play around with but they're hard to fly i need like your advice on that it's like my thing is like just flipping out and flying all over the place so well you have to get a, you have to get a feel for the the um the controls don't do i actually did do it indoors but i had this tiny ass little one that was like 50 dollars that had um guide gar, guards around the little tiny pro- i mean the props were yeah. like an inch yeah. I can't remember the name. It was like, you know, some normal thing. But the thing was, I got that because I wanted to practice on a tiny ass little drone and make all mistakes and crash it and throw it, you know, lose it in trees and all that before I got, you know, a $1,500 one with a 4K video camera and all that. The first thing I did was just like shoot it up in the air and then do very subtle movements with the sticks till I got used to which which direction things went. So because yeah. you have to you have to train yourself in the muscle memory of it. And once you get that, you're, you're golden. And, you know, to the point where, you know, it's like I real you know, I'm facing opposite. You know, when you're you know facing the way the drone is, you, you hit right, it goes right. But if the drone's coming the other direction, you hit right, it'll go left. Yeah, from your point yeah, of view. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to keep yourself basically always oriented with the front of where the drone is and control it that way. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I, I, I will not specifically be able to see exactly what the drone is doing, but I can see the video of it on my thing and i can see where it is on a map so i can basically tell look you know i turn this way okay that's where the river is i turn this way okay that's where the you know that house is okay now i know you know i've got my my bearings um yeah but when you know uh, when you're first starting it's just it's just getting that muscle memory and the touch of your particular um controller uh 
so that uh, you can do what you want it to do. And instead of, you know, the, the biggest thing is you get like near a wall and you do this like massively, you know, oh, I'm going to run into the wall. And instead of like going away from the wall, you go even faster into it and smash. <laughs> I, did that, <laughs> yeah. I did that so many times. Oh, yeah. I, I've tried to like. I still I'm do it. to you and it's like, yes, yeah, it seems like a very delicate control system because, uh, yeah, it's, it's slamming the wall all the time. I'm like, no, no, don't. But once I figure it out, I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, when I could fly it around my head, like in a, a square or a tight, you know, a vague circle, then I figured I was okay to go, you know, just like put it a foot in front of me and fly it without looking at it, fly it around behind me and back in, in front of me um, just with these subtle movements of the controls. At that point, I said, oh, okay, I can get the expensive one because I've got this one down. Right, and it right. took me about a month. It took me about a month of practicing, I think, almost every day, like for an hour yeah, or two, just to get it to where it's in your in your mind as, you know, I think that, you know, I, I never play video games. I wouldn't even bought a, a drone if I didn't think I could, you know, turn it into a job. Yeah. But it, it's great because, you know, I've I've last month I got flown out to Colorado and just hung around a, a junkyard for Motor Trend for like a day and shot all these shots of this junkyard and... Um, nice. this guy walking through it and, you know, all these, all these like old, uh, old cars that they were, that, uh, they were featuring as restoration, you know, uh, I think the show's called, um, Junkyard Gold. It's on, on, uh, Motor Trend's YouTube channel. I think it might be up now. It's, it's at that Colorado Salvage, I think is the name of the place. Uh, it, it might've been put up, uh, by now. Yeah. So if you want to go look at it, but anyway, yeah, that's, uh, what else did you get? I got a game camera. What are you going to do with that? Look for Bigfoot? Yeah, essentially. I think it makes me a Bigfoot hunter. If I, if I can <laughs> classify myself as that, yeah. <laughs> then I own, I own a game camera. I'm going to put it out in my backyard and take weird uh, pictures of deer and shit. <laughs> All right. We're, um, we're, we are at... Two... Oh, oh. Yes, go ahead. And the other thing I, got, I want to talk to you about, actually, is the um, I got an Alexa. Oh, and, dear. We're, the Airbnb where you're staying out in Tucson had one. As soon as we walked in and we saw it going, I said, Alexa, quit spying on us. And it just I can't remember what it said. And then we just went and unplugged it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it really is so nice, dude. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yes, yes. That's my favorite thing I got all Christmas, man. Of all the gadgets, I'm like, I love the Alexa. It is so fucking good. Why? Because it is... Like I got the uh, the Amazon Music part too. You can play any song anytime you want, whenever you want, like wherever you are, without having to put a disc in. And you just sit there. I can walk upstairs right now and go, Alexa, play Mamo Number Five, and it'll play the song. <laughs> and to me, it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not planning some international espionage ring. Or, or or a gold smuggling operation. Like I don't fucking, you know, they don't. I'm not doing anything. I'm smart enough to know that if I'm going to like plot to murder my wife. I'm not even married, folks, so don't take that the other way. Can you can you Words, hear this like, too? You know, what's that? <laughs> I'm playing Mambo number. That? I'm playing Mambo number five. I'm your Alexa. Oh. Uh, let me turn it back down. <laughs> I, highly re- I highly recommend it, dude. It's really awesome. 
Because you have, once you get used to it, you have no idea how much you will use it. Where it's like, I'll be, I'll be in my kitchen. I'll be like getting my milk, and I'll be like trying to figure something out. I'll be like, Alexa, what, you know, what day is January like fifth? And I'm like, January fifth is a Saturday. Thank you. See, it really does. It saves you so much time. And it's like, well, they're not listening. What what are they listening to? Like, they don't care, man. You have to join. You just join in, opt in on the insanity of it all. Yeah, I just can't. I'm I'm old school paranoid. I'm surprised you're not. That's kind of weird. You're the one of the last person people I would think would say, "Yeah, let bring Alexa, bring on Alexa." Oh, I love it. It really is awesome, man. It really is. The music part of it is the whole thing. Do you I can go up there right now and be like, Can you play Terry Jack's Seasons of the Sun? <laughs> and it will play the fucking song, man, within two seconds. Ask within, Alexa like, Ask Alexa Terry Jack's Seasons yeah, of the Sun. It'll yeah. play the song. Ask Alexa what the flip side of Seasons of the Sun was on the single. I could ask her and she'd be like, Here's what Google tells tells me. But yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. It was put the bone in. That was the name of the song. <laughs> I could go up now and go be like, "Put the bone in" by uh, Jim yes. Jackson. Yes, it's it's uh, it's exactly it. it's exactly as um, double entendre as you think it is. Yeah, so I'm a huge uh, Alexa fan. Oh but, dear, I would not let that thing anywhere. Has it? Have you started seeing ads for stuff that you talk about? No, not yet. I've heard about that kind of thing though. Yeah, my sister-in-law's husband said, um, and maybe some ask Alexa about this. Say, hey Alexa, um, can you hear things that are above or below the level of human uh, hearing? Because apparently you can. This is the rumor. I don't know if it's true. Maybe somebody can find out. Well, I'm not going to sit here and look it up now. Is that Alexa or what's the other one? Google, whatever it is, can yeah. hear. Um, instructions that are either above or below the frequency of human hearing. Probably, probably yeah. above would be a little bit more uh, uh, useful. But yeah, it can start taking commands that you don't even know it's getting. So I don't know. It just it, it, the, having some electronic thing there listening to everything I say just bugs me. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't want weird. Walmart like to know what Alexa, I'm, like yeah. the. But there's a part of me that when I experience it. And I was laughing about it tonight with my family. I was like, someday it'll be like a little like rolling thing that'll roll in the room. Be like Alexa, and like a little little robot butler will come in. You know? Yeah, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do when when that happens. Like when I'm eighty eighty nine years old and I can't do anything for myself, I'm going to have to. Well, you know what? At that point, I won't give a shit. Who cares? Who, who hears what I'm saying? I would just get it. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? No, They're I just don't want to be like... market. The thing is, like, you know, this stuff's going to happen anyway. And my wife was saying, well, that's, you know, you get tracked anyway. It doesn't, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah. She's just as concerned about it as I am. But I, I say, well, why make it easy? I just don't want to. I've got this little bit of dignity in me. It's like, well, why make it easy? Why make it easy for them to either see what I'm, hear what I'm thinking, market some crap that I just mentioned one time that I think I might be interested in? I've searched for stuff online, and I've pretty much tried to like you know spread my identity out so it doesn't really make any sense and doesn't hook into anything else, and my you know my yeah. contacts list isn't on there and all that. But still, every once in a while, I'll say, "Huh, I'd like to get a you know a security camera for the apartment building here." I'm inundated with ads for security cameras, no matter where I go. At least now, the thing that I guess in my end, it's like, well, if they're going to listen to me, then they're going to fucking answer. Carlos says uh, Tim's new sex robot is named Alexa, 
And uh, Nick uh, says, not not Nick Redfern, Nick N. Yeah. Ask the old Doctor Who unanswerable loop question and make herself destruct in a puff of smoke. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, get the Alexa. I like it. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm so, I think you'd like it a lot. Cause you, have a, you like obscure songs, too. So you like sit there all night and be like, all right, play, you know. I could stump Alexa in ten sec in five seconds. I could stump Alexa. I know I could. Maybe we'll do that on the next show. Okay, uh, I'll I'll play stump Alexa with you. I'll say Alexa, play, and then just off the top of my head, just something. All right, well, Alexa, play, uh, play, um, um, uh, uh, Stinky Poodle by Tangela Tricoli. Oh wait, that was released on 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 Amazon, so that wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, see. Alexa has a hold on everything, man. All right. Uh, uh, play uh, Alexa, play Comet Kohotek by Burl Ives. That Alexa cannot find. Co- Tale of the Comet Kohotek is, is on um, YouTube, so Alexa could probably find it. Actually, yeah, exactly. There it is. That's the Tale of the Comet Kohotek by Burl Ives. Such a dumb song. Oh my god. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, I I will stop on Tuesday. I will st- I will stump Alexa. All right, brother. Good night. Thank right. you for night one, and here's tonight two. All right. Uh, talk to you again in a couple of days, and I'll try and get this posted. I guess. Good night. Right. Good night.